Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. Our Earth, at this point, it's not capable of absorbing the huge amount of clothing it's produced each year. Burberry is going to very extreme lengths to keep its supplies in equilibrium. In its annual report, the UK Fashion House revealed it has destroyed $37 million worth of its own stock. An estimated 93 million tons go to landfill or are burned every year. It's creating an environmental catastrophe of unthinkable proportions. And I don't think we as the human race realize what it is that we're doing just for the sake of wearing a pair of jeans. Okay, hold up. Those are some depressing statistics. And I don't know about you, but I'm an optimistic person. I like talking solutions. Welcome to the ZMI podcast. I'm Joe Kanner, and today we're talking all things sustainable fashion. So what does sustainable fashion actually mean? How can we work against the forces of fast fashion, hyper-consumerism, and the environmental ruin of this dated industry? And no, it's not all about making leather from mushrooms or thrift store hauls on your TikTok. The industry, the world, is in need of real solutions that will revolutionize fashion as a whole. Yes, as a society, we've grown more conscious of the environment. The truth is we can't afford not to, and yet our mindset as consumers and as retailers is still lacking when it comes to fashion. Luckily, disruptive technologies like 3D printing, virtual reality, and innovative materials are leading the way towards a more sustainable fashion industry. With me here today is Amnon Shalev, CEO and co-founder of Virtuality Fashion who lives by the motto that anything that can become digital will become digital and fashion is no exception. Amnon is the CEO and founder of Virtuality Fashion. Amnon's company has developed a robust suite of software tools that enable retailers to digitize every stage of the production process. The company's solutions enable retailers to use fewer resources, expedite production decisions, and ultimately reduce waste. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Amnon Chalev. Amnon, great to have you here today. How are you doing today? Great to be here. So you've been in digital fashion for over 10 years now. So what, what really led to the creation of virtuality fashion? Well, um, digital fashion is um, making inroads into fashion technology for the last 20 years or so where uh, 3D virtualization was uh, used mainly as a pattern uh, validation tool, so kind of supporting production. And uh, our vision was uh, that um, digital fashion will become more and more as an e-commerce tool, and uh, COVID actually proved us uh, right. And uh, the idea was to introduce uh, 3D, make it uh, accessible and affordable and easy to use to everybody in the industry. This was our uh, initial uh, thought uh, behind uh, virtuality.fashion. How has COVID uh, you know, changed the need? Has, has it really exasperated the need for these sorts of solutions? Because when I think about 
e-commerce as a whole and the role that e-commerce has taken in people's lives, um, you know, after the onset of COVID, it seems like the need is ever, uh, you know, has only increased. So have you guys felt that as well? Uh, yes, we did. Uh, the demand for uh, 3D virtualization and digital product development increased uh, significantly since uh, COVID outbreak. Morgan Stanley uh, research uh, shows that more than 50% uh, spend more time online, uh, more than 60% uh, uh, buy online because physical stores are closed. In fact, in the U.S. alone, 2020 closed 25,000 uh, physical shops. Uh, so there is a demand uh, for uh, online uh, shopping, and this leads to um, increased digital product development. Products needs to get to the market faster. The same digital files which are used to virtualize uh, products are used to market and uh, promote and eventually sell them. So many of the products that you buy today online are not even produced yet. So I would love to hear you speak to where you feel like your company is making the strongest impact, whether it be maybe combating fast fashion or more so on the side of contributing to more sustainable fashion. What would you want to be known for in terms of what the overall uh, you know, impact that your company is having on the fashion industry? So we're definitely combating um, overproduction and waste uh, by producing or virtualizing uh, new fashion products, reducing the time to market from uh, sometimes years or months uh, to weeks or days. As a result, many physical prototypes production are avoided so clients can uh, or our clients uh, fashion brands can get to the market with more products in less time producing less waste so this is our main goal uh, help our customers reduce waste as a result they also reduce the uh, cost of production i'd like to touch back on uh, uh on fast fashion so clearly this trend is is here many people are constantly quote-unquote giving into fast fashion just based off of how much they're consuming and what they're consuming and the brands that stand behind these products so for the industry as a whole what do you think is the best way for the industry to cope and ultimately perhaps make it more sustainable what really needs to happen on a macro scale the entire production cycle and the supply chain needs to become more digital um, and there are a lot of challenges involved in digitizing the supply chain because even if you digitize only the product development part you need to synchronize to procurement for to production uh, product management, um, fabrics uh, production, which takes time. So today more and more links in the supply chain are uh, getting or becoming digital and synchronized. So uh, synchronizing uh, the entire su digital supply future supply chain to the shopping floors is critical and will happen in the ne next couple of years. And ultimately it will reduce a lot of... Um, overproduction and waste and time to market. So fast fashion um, will cease to be, to be an, an issue 
for uh, sustainability. And w- where do you see the industry going in 10 years from now or 15 years from now? Also, where do you see it going? And then I guess the next question after that is, what, what do you hope to see? That's the multi-billion dollar question. So the industry definitely is going uh, to the direction of um, personalized uh, fashion. In the future, garments will be able to uh, be produced uh, according to uh, specific needs of um, clients almost in real time. And this is due to developments with artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, which are combined with uh, current capabilities of 3D simulation. And so in the near future, uh, people will be able to see themselves in uh, uh, digital mirrors and see how certain uh, garments uh, fit. And um, they will be able to order and receive uh, uh, their own collections in, in a few days and manage uh, digital closets. So all of this will be connected to brands and marketing. And so people will get offers according to what they already have in their closets and uh, what their mood is according to um, social media and so on. So everything will be interlinked um, and digital. Amazing. I I definitely, I hope that that won't even be a 10-year trend, but rather, let's call it two to three years. So often entrepreneurs will look to their peers, other innovators who are you know, tackling similar problems, and they look to them as sources of inspiration or uh, you know, just as a way of m- modeling their business. So we'd love to hear from you if you look to any of your peers in the industry who are also adding a new layer of digitization to fashion. So who do you look to and, um, and maybe to speak to like, what do you feel like they've accomplished that is most inspiring for you? So this is absolutely correct. And um, in the future, many disciplines will be uh, combined into a holistic solution uh, for fashion. And the solution will include areas such as augmented reality, mixed reality, areas, uh, as I mentioned, as uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. So uh, we are uh, looking at um, different solutions in the market. And uh, there is a dialogue, um, ongoing dialogue between uh, fashion and uh, this, the solution suppliers in these areas. And we keep on running pilots and tests uh, to see how we can imp- improve the speed that uh, 3D or virtual um, uh, fashion is uh, produced. And overall, how all of this is uh, connected to sales and marketing. So our intention is to have uh, clients or consumers uh, buying at their own environment, at home maybe, or in virtual shops to make the, the whole experience very immersive. And as a result, sell more and reduce the return uh, rate, or reduce the return rate, yes. How is that sales process with that, that you have to go through with 
some of these retailers or designers, whoever it may be, in terms of their their comfort level in adopting these sorts of solutions? Are they accustomed to implementing third-party softwares? Well, what does that sales price cycle look like? So virtuality.fashion offers is the first company actually offering uh, online uh, 3D virtualization as a service. So clients don't really need to buy any software or pay for service or train people or retain stuff um, versus uh, in-house um, 3D software implementation. There is indeed um, a process of deciding which solution to, uh, to implement, and sometimes the solution is combined. Um, in the end of the day, what we offer is a smart sourcing. The main obstacle is the implementation. The easiest part in implementing 3D is uh, deciding to buy the software. Uh, but once the software is uh, purchased, uh, clients discover that they need to train people. It takes six months to 12 months to reach uh, reasonable um, results. Then there is the part of integrating IT integration and integrating into uh, the supply chain. So it might take one to two years to uh, implement um, virtual fashion inside a company where uh, with a solution such as ours, they start from day one risk-free. And once they uh, train themselves and their supply chain, they can decide to buy their own systems. So those are the main challenges. Some of the, call it impact, the additional layers of value that your company uh, that your company's solutions enable, such as sustainable production processes. So are those things brought up in these discussions with your clients or is it strictly an economic ROI decision? Uh, this comes up in the very first um, 20 seconds of the discussion. We are currently running um, a project with um, a fashion brand in the UK. We virtualize almost 200 uh, styles in about close to 1000 uh, colorways. So that's an enormous project. And uh, it would have cost them 200 times uh, 300 pounds, and it would take them more than a year to, um, uh, to manufacture this uh, collection. With us, it takes them three weeks. So, um, in fact, uh, in the introduction conversation with them, they said, okay, we want to reduce by more than two-thirds the manufacturing of uh, physical samples. And it's the time, the back and forth with China and uh, East Europe. So they reduce a lot of time and cost by using uh, digital fashion. And they don't have any 3D, any clue how 3D works. Uh, for them, we are just a black box. Um, and they input their um, design ideas. And on the other side, they get uh, e-commerce ready images. So naturally, this is something that's going through my head is that clearly with your company solutions, they're able to go through the design process faster. So how do you draw the line between ultimately making fashion more sustainable by using fewer materials? while at the same time, the rate at which companies are able to roll out new lines is actually increased. Um, how do you navigate that? 
So indeed, there is an internal conflict here because you actually encourage um, consumers to buy more um, by presenting more collections in the same uh, season. And so this is a, a trend which is um, very dominant now. People, it started about 20 years ago where uh, Zara basically uh, developed a very sophisticated supply chain and they are able to um, present many uh, collections, collections at the same uh, season. And their idea is that um, every time that you step into a Zara's shop, you'll see different uh, items. Uh, they do this by product development process, managing suppliers and uh, shifting collections uh, globally. And the industry followed. So this is the, the Zara effect, which later became uh, known as uh, fast fashion. Now, the, the trend is there and it will continue to um, apply pressure on, on, on uh, retailers and, and brands. Now, digital fashion is um, merely a tool to um, allow this uh, trend while reducing um, time to market and um, physical products, uh, physical prototypes uh, production. And this is also associated with um, DHL and UPS uh, shipments, investing in um, production facilities, uh, uh, waste of cotton and overproduction. So while this um, trend uh, continues, uh, we can in parallel decrease um, the waste. And in fact, uh, there is another trend which is uh, very dominant in the last two years, which is direct to consumer. So brands are more aware today to the fact that they can promote uh, products uh, while developing them. So uh, they can promote uh, virtual products. Uh, as a consumer, we will not know that we are uh, looking at uh, um, a virtual product and they can start creating the demand. So this is totally new in uh, fashion. Um, and by creating demand, they can uh, gauge uh, where globally uh, people will want which products in what colors and what sizes. And so they will um, produce, a, they will mass customize their production and they will uh, be able to um, really produce locally the quantities that are required. So to go back to your question, the trend will remain uh, fast fashion, but the technology today um, enables fast fashion to become cleaner. That makes a lot of sense. I wanted to ask about that, that personalization piece. So I imagine that in order for supply chains to become more personalized and for companies to offer products that are better catered to the actual needs of users, there definitely needs to be some level of inputted data from the user to ensure that these products will ultimately be better suited for the customer's needs. So how, how do you feel about the quote unquote black box that is AI in terms of what is inputted there and maybe how the data is, is being used? Do you think that there are any hesitations or, or struggles there that we should be considering? Artificial intelligence and um, big data are already part of um the fashion industry, decision-making, and planning uh, process. 
And so this will become a more and more critical tool for companies, brands and, and retailers to gauge the, the demand in the market. But not only gauging consumer behavior on their online shops, uh, we will also uh, be able to monitor uh, their, uh, their social media activities. Companies or, or retailers will be able to promote using uh, celebrities and so on. They will be able to promote new products and uh, see how consumers react to this. So the only way to collect all this data and process it is using uh, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and ultimately, uh, all this data should be processed and translated into new collections uh, design where the, where the fashion industry for the last two, 200 years or so are using um, uh, mood meetings and mood uh, collections to try and determine how collections will look like two years ahead. Today, it's more or less instant. Uh, we see immediately what uh, consumers uh, are interested in, and we can determine and uh, plan ahead rather fast. The next step will be solutions from Google and so on will be able to determine what is your mood in certain days and uh, suggest uh, variations or uh, uh, different uh, items to wear. Wild. <laughs> so, on a more personal level, what, what motivates you to contribute to this field of fashion and making it more sustainable? Like, what is the driver that really you know pushes you forward? I just love to see how um, people and um, companies, operations who are uh, working in a certain way for ages change and the change is um, associated with um, managing the change and uh, convincing uh, uh, people to to uh, do things in a different way it also has to do with um, analyzing what is the new direction in the in the industry and identifying the solutions, developing the solution, and ultimately see that your solution is the right uh, thing in the right uh, place and time. When we developed uh, our concept, we didn't know COVID will uh, will happen. And today, um, our concept, which involves uh, people working uh, from home, a global team, a collaborative online platform, uh, proves to be the right solution uh, answering um, most of uh, COVID challenges. What would you say the average consumer can do to contribute to the mission that is sustainable fashion? So how can people become a part of the solution rather than becoming increasingly part of the problem? So um, we can see today more and more products uh, labeled as uh, green. And it's a good idea to um, read the labels. Some brands are um, publishing their um, sustainability policy. And um, if you're really into uh, preserving earth and uh, reducing uh, waste, it might be a good idea to log into uh, brands' um, websites 
and you'll find that um, many of them already have a section related to earth um, they appoint uh, chief sustainability officers today were busy implementing um, new supply chains which are uh, supporting uh, sustainability so if we'll take a few moments just same as with food where you read uh, the label and uh, check what the ingredients are and what is good for you garments are becoming more and more um, part of um, sustainability uh, uh, solution it's the same with uh, by the way with linen um, and other products in the market which uh, contain a lot of cotton Uh, another part is uh, uh, fashion accessories, uh, which are made of leather. Processing uh, leather um, includes uh, 22 uh, toxic materials. So, if possible, consume less leather. <laughs> I, I know that this might be um, an, um, a problematic um, uh, statement, uh, taking into account all these luxury uh, um, companies and brands. But uh, if you read what uh, Prada, Gucci, and others are doing today, uh, uh, they also uh, adopt uh, sustainability, and uh, you can see an increasing amount of products uh, that they produce, which are greener. And that, that's great, and I think that that's super helpful and practical for all, for all of our listeners to be remembering that they should, number one, read labels, and two, try to wear less leather because uh, it's just not good. So would love to circle back to one thing that we spoke about uh, towards the beginning with terms of COVID. So clearly the need for uh, the need for digitization solutions as a result of COVID has, you know, has really only grown and definitely really, you know, made these, the, the need for these solutions ever more important. So do you think that a lot of these things are here to stay and that maybe, you know, as, um, as things open up a little bit more, then maybe there'll be less of a need for, for digitization solutions? Or do you feel like a lot of these things are going to be permanent? It's an excellent question. Uh, the feeling today that it's here to stay. Um, once uh, brands and retail, retail chains uh, discovered the potential Uh, using uh, virtual showrooms, um, virtual collections, uh, digital product development. This reduces a lot of effort on their side, um, a lot of cost, uh, faster to market. So, in fact, COVID accelerated uh, digital fashion uh, adoption. And I don't see a way back. Um, going back means increasing waste again and uh, working against all trends today so um, to my opinion uh, the industry became overnight almost uh, much more efficient effective um, and responsive to uh, consumer needs is there anything else that you'd love to share with our listeners and that feel that they it would be imperative that they that they take home with them I believe that um, everybody who is involved uh, with fashion today uh, on the production uh, side and uh, retail side should uh, consider digital uh, solutions uh, yesterday. Um, 
digital is uh, digital is here to stay and if they will not adopt digital uh, they will simply be left out of the game uh, and so at the moment they are uh, uh, assigning work or outsourcing only to uh, production sites uh, were um, digital and um, consumers are uh, buying based on uh, products that are more uh, sustainable uh, more available and the pressure is there and to me the way to uh, adopt digital risk-free is to use a service either our service or other services and ultimately uh, buy your own uh, in-house solution but definitely uh, this is the direction i wanted to thank you Amnon, for being here today My pleasure. it was a pleasure speaking with you and i can say that i've learned a lot and i hope that our listeners as well i've learned a lot about the industry and where it's heading and what they can do to help to contribute to make fashion more sustainable. Um, we'll be sure to send you our paper once we finish our research paper. And we'd also like to invite you to a, uh, a sustainable fashion conference that we're going to be having hosted by the Tzvi Metar Institute in the coming months. And it's And we hope to see you there. Thank you for the opportunity. I'd love to. I'd like to give a huge thank you to Omnon for joining us here today. It was an absolute pleasure. I'd also like to thank my fearless team members who helped co-produce this podcast, Rebecca Steinman and Tamar Nitsan, as well as in Bar Carmel, Dove Greenbound, and Yvonne Saba. This podcast was a collaboration of the Tzvi Metar Institute and IDC Radio. Thank you for listening. And if you remember one thing, it's that anything that can become digital will become digital. And fashion is no exception. I'm Joe Kanner. It's been real. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity. Oh,